This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's a Monday, and you know what that means, OG. Time to raise our coffee mug. You got a coffee mug today? I haven't seen your coffee. I, I do, but it's inappropriate. So you're not going to show us. Well, hold it just off screen because it's time to salute our troops. And even appropriate or inappropriate, it's always appropriate to salute our troops. That's right. On behalf of the men and women in the basement here making podcast and the men and women at Navy Federal, thanks for keeping us safe, people. Let's go stack some Benjamins together. At some point far in the future, historians will probably ask, what was daily life like in the early 21st century? Well, one thing we know for sure, nobody will ever point to these two clowns and say, this was how you should have been stacking Benjamins. Live from Joe's mom's basement, it's... The Stacking Benjamin Show. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Duggan. Listen, you know, we've all got complaints. The lint traps always fall on the basement dryer. I can't find the lucky fly swatter. Or, you know, me personally, I can't chat live on the podcast today because I stayed up too late smoking the grass-fed salmon I had to catch by hand because of inflation. But today, I'm finding it hard to complain because we're joined by a woman who faced a lot of adversity and still thrived. Here to tell her amazing story, we welcome Twyla True, who proves if she can do it, you can too. For our TikTok Minute, we look at how to sell if you want to be arrested. In our headlines, target date funds are in the news again. Plus, we'll throw out the Haven Lifeline to Nick, who's wondering just what the heck a wash sale is and how it works. And then I'll have my trivia, don't worry. And now, two guys who also show you if they can do it, you can do it, but for totally different reasons, if you know what I mean. It's Joe and O-J-J-J-J-G. Not sure if I do know what he means, O-G. Doug likes to make up his own idioms. He's got his own thing going on. We got our thing going on, OG, because it's Monday. Happy Monday, everybody. Welcome to the Stacky Benjamin Show. I'm Joe Salcihai, Average Joe Money on Twitter. 
It's time for you to sit back, relax, and enjoy an hour of some money learning. We're getting our money learning on today because we have a great example. Twyla True is here, OG, and she's been on not one, but two lists of top female entrepreneurs this year. Entrepreneur Magazine, Success Magazine, both named her to their lists. And we're going to talk to this woman who runs not one company, but a full stable of companies talk about her background, how she got where she is, because like Doug said, if she can do it, you can do it. We also got a great headline, TikTok Minute. Oh my goodness. It's it's busy, busy, busy. It's raining good stuff today. So let's get started. But first, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers, they're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hey, Staggers, this is Military Appreciation Month. You know what that means. We are recognizing all of our stackers in the audience. My good friend, Nords, Doug Nordman, who uh, some of you may know, he is a writer in personal finance. He's a guy I'd like to do. A shout out to he is such a giving member of the fire community, the financial independence retire early community. Uh, Nords will do anything for you. It's just, I think some of that comes from his time on a submarine, like my nephew Colin, who's on a submarine right now, and all the work that uh, he did there. Just a super giving member of the community. And you know what? A Navy Federal Credit Union wants to celebrate their members who go above and beyond, not this month, but every month. Navy Federal offers members only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members and help them reach their goals. Here's one of their offers in honor of Military Appreciation Month. Join and get $50 when you open a credit card. Of course, you want to have your whole debt strategy planned out, don't you? Don't just go open a credit card willy-nilly, as mom says. Uh, here's a disclaimer. You got to join, open your membership savings account between May 1st and May 31st. So get on it stackers. Annual percentage yield is a 0.25% for membership savings account, $5 minimum balance to open, maintain your membership savings account to obtain the bonus. Visit navyfederal.org for full terms and conditions. That's just one of the things they have 24 seven help for their us based service members. They have resources all over the place. Head to Navy federal dot org for full terms conditions and other offers navy and federal is insured by ncua equal housing lender all right now we can get started hello darlings and now it's time for your favorite part of the show our stacking benjamin's headlines our headline today comes to us from napa-net that's the national association of plan advisors the people that run pension funds 401k plans it's where they hang out on the internet it's like the break room for those people. You know where you go and you relax with people who are like you? They just hang out at Napa-Net. So what do you do? Uh, I run a pension fund. Oh, that's interesting. What do you do? Uh, I make sure the 401k transactions go through. Oh, very interesting. Some Uber nerds. I don't think they hang out. No, they probably don't. Uh, Neville, Nevin Adams wrote this piece. Even, by the way, before we get to this, even Warren Buffett is not uh, immune 
to lawsuits. Underperforming target date funds trigger excessive fee suit for a Berkshire Hathaway firm. Weird. Composa Adler PC has just found another $1 billion 401k plan with, quote, astronomical fees in which, quote, high record keeping fees and underperforming target date funds let participant accounts, quote, languishing in the plan. First of all, when somebody files a suit, they're not going to say slightly more expensive. Yeah, it wasn't really my favorite. (laughs) They're going to talk about how it was damaging to all these people. But still, another high fee uh, target date fund. And for people who are new to this show, OG, they may not know why you and I are not big target date fund fans. But this is this is kind of why. Yeah, I mean, it's all the leftovers. Uh, that's your favorite topic. I stole your idea. I, I, I do like that. It's, it's kind of all the leftover stuff. Yeah, yeah the Anthony Bourdain kind of concept. It's just the leftover funds. It's the leftover stuff that they couldn't sell on the shelves for the regular time. But more importantly for me, I think that it's just far too conservative, far too early. And uh, it's not that important that that glide path starts at age 40. Maybe you need some conservative money at 60, but you still need a whole bunch of aggressive money at 60. And uh, for some reason, people still have this idea that the day that they retire is the day that everything needs to be in cash or safe and secure. And that's not the case at all. What's frustrating for me is that so often people do the wrong things with their money. It's not the money that's the problem or the market that's the problem. It's your behavior. And I feel like a target date fund, you know, people go, that makes it easy. I just think, I think it's not that hard to create your own target date fund. You could have three funds, maybe four funds in your 401k. Do the same thing, if not better, to your point about people getting too conservative too early. But even more than that, I feel like, OG, it's stickier. I feel like it's more yours if you don't use the target date fund. You're more likely to hang on because you created this plan versus doing this thing that you don't know anything about. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, I mean, I think that the target date option is the worst of all the options except for all the other ones. (laughs) you know, type of deal. It's like, if that's the thing that's holding you back, I don't know what funds to pick, then just pick a target date fund and move on with life. You know, to your point, the bigger issue is you're probably not saving enough money or, you know, you're probably spending too much or something like that. And and focus on those things that you really can change to focus on those behaviors, get the money invested, figure out the investment allocation at a different time. If you've got 10,000 bucks and you hit it out of the park, and you get a 20% return this year, you've made a whopping two grand, which isn't nothing. It's not zero, but that's not retirement money, right? That, that You can also probably find two grand of crap to sell in your house. We're doing that right now at our house. We are selling everything. Everything in the OG house has to go. That's why you're only showing you on video here from kind of the neck up, because you're not wearing pants? No, I... I do have pants on. Actually, it's a okay. rainy day, so I'm wearing sweatpants. It's 85 wow. and rainy, so I'm like, but it's sweatpant weather. So, you know, you can find that two grand in a side hustle, in a, you know, in crap around your house, and extra overtime work. You can make the $2,000 a heck of a lot easier than trying to get a $2,000 extra return on your $10,000 401k. The bigger impact is saving an extra two grand every year, you know, or five or whatever the number is. 
don't do target date funds. But if you do, pick the longest date one. Spend that energy and that time that you would normally take in improving something else in your life. You know, go get another job or or work overtime or create a side hustle. You know, that's going to make some extra cash. This particular 401k suit is is pretty and wild. And by the way, I have another thing about these people. And these people being the ambulance chasing attorneys. I read about this company in another article. This, this very firm. This law firm, yeah. This law firm, this is all they do. And the article was like, yeah, it was a pretty dry year last year. They only had 20 lawsuits and they've already filed 21 so far this year. But um, they have like some insignificant number of people at their firm. It's like, allegedly, I did not verify any of this, but allegedly they are, you know, like operating out of a, uh, like a strip mall and have a grand total of like $3 million in their own 401k. So here they are throwing a bunch of, bunch of shade at, you know, Berkshire Hathaway, which I'm sure that plan has hundreds of millions of dollars in it. And uh, they can't do the right thing by their employees. So somebody should sue them. One of their employees should sue them for uh, having a crappy 401k plan because I bet you they do. It is. That would be ironic. That's always sad. It's always sad when you're in a business. And I'm not saying that they that companies don't deserve to have kind of their sure. feet held to the fire. No, I'm looking you know. at this, and there's some stuff in this particular lawsuit. I think this is why Napa-Net is focused on this one and not one of the other ones. Because, listen to this, the plaintiff, after talking about excessive fees inside of the account, because they say that the people running the fund are double dipping. Number one, they're paying for administrative costs. And then number two, they have target date funds inside of there, which are being managed. So you've got an extra layer of fees right. that, that maybe you shouldn't have. But, but how about this? They said, at this point, the plaintiffs turned to their concerns with the target date fund suit in the plan, noting that the defendants decided to create their own suite of target date funds, a practice which is baffling given the number of excellent target date fund suites already available on the market. And so as, quote, the performance of the instant funds created by the defendant severely lagged in performances compared to readily available target date suites, they state that it was clear breach of fiduciary duty to have created these poorly performing target date funds. So same thing, OG, in this case, apparently, allegedly, this company, all these target date funds out there already, whether we like them or not, they're already out there. They go, they create their own with jacked up fees and their own, you know, Tony Bourdain Sunday brunch ugliness, uh, meaning that they're just selling the stuff that nobody's buying. Yeah, and that's terrible. So don't do that if you run a 401k plan. Don't create your own garbage. There's plenty of garbage out there for you to sell. A friend of ours last year did a piece on this. By the way, you and I aren't alone on our hatred of target date funds. Uh, Jeff Rose, a good financial sense, wrote a piece why I hate target date mutual funds and you should too. What a good name. It's it's a great very, name. Very SEO friendly. Jeff Rose doing something SEO friendly? Nah. Guy's been around no. forever. For people that don't know Jeff, one of the OGs talking about money on the internet. What makes target date funds so bad? Jeff writes, first, let's understand how they work. Most often, these funds are created by a specific mutual fund company. Then that company will take 12 to 18 of their funds and create this diversified portfolio on your behalf. As you age toward your target date of retirement, the 12 to 18 funds will start shifting to something more conservative, moving from less stocks to more bonds. Sounds like win-win, right? You would think. Here's the problem. 
when you start breaking down the individual mutual fund options inside those funds, you start to uncover that there are some or several of these funds that are just plum horrible, his words. So what we've already talked about, he goes over three different past clients of his OG sample client. Number one, 10 year return of 4.22%. Not great. He talks about moving their money to just a mix of funds on the efficient frontier. New portfolio, 7.83%. Still pretty conservative. Yeah. Difference, 3.61%. Standard deviation, which is the amount it's going to wiggle up or down. It will gain or lose in a normal market this number. So 4.22 is the target day portfolio expected return. The standard deviation is 14.83, meaning it could go from negative 10 to 28 and only be within one standard deviation, meaning that's kind of normal operating procedure. The new portfolio standard deviation of 12.8. So raise the return, nearly double the return and lower the volatility on the fund. Lower the ups and Pretty downs. ugly. Yeah. I'll link to this because he's got a lot of charts here, OG. That, yeah, hard, uh, to, hard to talk about that on a uh, podcast. <laughs> like, and then, so this red line, you can see where it... <laughs> You can see where the blue line and the red line intersect, and we really want to have more. more blue you see, so pretend in your head that there's these two lines coming from the left to the right, and there's this x axis and the y axis. And if you don't know what the x axis is, that's the one that, yeah, probably not. So I guess we should, though, OG, just get to the takeaway here. If you're in a target date fund, jump out. Yeah, it's not that much more difficult to do it yourself. So probably less expensive to DIY this one. Time for our TikTok Minute, the part of the show where we profile some creator on the internet doing something either amazing or air quotes amazing. OG, which one do you think we got today? They're always air quotes amazing. These are two young door-to-door salesmen. The first person you're going to hear is the teacher, and the second one is the intern, intern Aaron. Uh, So let's listen to the teacher and intern Aaron learning on the job. This is a great video about being skilled at your job and bringing home the Benjamins. Knocking today with intern Aaron. We are going to be going to the house that I screamed at and intern Matt tried to smooth things over, but it didn't go well. And we're going to see if intern Aaron can do what intern Matt couldn't. And he might be up for a promotion. Hi there, this is intern Aaron with Goodman Family Insurance. Oh my God, I can't believe you people. Could you shut up and listen to me here, ma'am? Here's what's gonna happen. I'm gonna quote you on your home and auto insurance and I'm gonna save you money. Ma'am, I'm not done yet. That went well. Have you seen a door-to-door salesperson lately? I have not. It's been forever. So I haven't. Shut up, I'm not done yet. That's a good (laughs) way to win customers. I had... uh... A friend of mine that when when I worked at American Express, an older guy who was an advisor, he was newer but older, if that makes sense, right? Yeah. He was, yeah. you know, I had a different career. But his different career was door-to-door disability insurance sales. Oh, door-to-door. And he had all these great stories. He, uh, he would go out in his car to make calls from his cell phone because he was way more comfortable making calls from his cell phone in his car than sitting at his desk. In, in the office because his whole life he had been just making sales calls from, you know, the front seat of his car. So he'd just go sit in his car all day. 
Yeah, like when it was time to like, you know, call people, you know, during the yeah. call time or whatever, yeah. you know, during. But anyways, he told the story one time about how, you know, just a hot summer day, you know, and he's knocking on doors and getting a lot of no's. And that's just how that business is. And he had just kind of pretty much had enough and got to the front door, knocked on the door and woman reacted very similarly to the one in this story. And so he's kind of walking back to his car and he goes, you know what? Forget this. So he walks around to the back door and knocks on the door again and at the back door, and the lady opens the, the main door and he's standing there at the screen door and she goes, what? And he says, hi, I'm Tom from such and such a place. And I sure hope you're a lot nicer than the lady at the front. <laughs> he said it didn't work, <laughs> but it made him feel better for a moment. So I had a guy that trained me to be a financial planner whose dad was a door-to-door life insurance salesman. And he would tell us about the tactics his dad would use and, and about how horrible they were. He would sit with a client at their kitchen table, something I just could not imagine even doing. And uh, they would tell him no for the fifth time. And he'd go, okay, well, I'll hit the road then. You know, it's kind of a long drive. Do you guys mind if I just have one more cup of coffee? Would that be all right? And of course, then he has one more cup of coffee just to talk to him and circle back again to try for the 89th time. Yeah. And then on the way out the door, if they, if they still haven't purchased, you know, nearly every family has a picture of the family at the door or, or near the door, you know, the Olin Mills portrait or whatever it is, you know, they got (laughs) taken at the mall, the whatever he would always stop at the door and go, wow, those are your kids. Beautiful. Well, I hate to see what happens when they don't have a dad anymore and no life insurance. It was nice seeing you. Good seeing you. He just punched him in just the face. Just one last dagger <laughs> as he walked out the door. And I said to Tony, my trainer, I'm like, did that work? He's like, oh, hell no. It didn't work. No. It just, <laughs> just made him. It never works, but uh, made him feel better. Slimy salespeople. Slimy, slimy salespeople. Uh, coming up next, Twyla True is amazing. She was born into a family that really was fractured. Uh, I'm sure she'll tell us more about that. But she was also born in the poorest county in the United States. She is part of the Sioux Nation and uh, has just an amazing story. And it's funny because people complain, like Doug said in the open today, people complain about not being able to do things. Twyla True's made it happen. Now appearing on not one, but two lists Entrepreneur Magazine and Success Magazine as one of the top entrepreneurs in America. And we get to talk to her next. But first, Doug, I think you have some trivia for us. Hey there, stackers. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug. And today is the anniversary of the Beatles earning their last Benjamins from performing live way back in 1966. So here's a question. If bands earned money from their songs based only on popularity, which song made them more dollar dollar bills than any other? I'll be right back after I check with my friend Jude and say, hey. And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. Do you want your money to dream big? Do you want your money to be a total self-starter? Are you annoyed that your money doesn't work hard enough? Well, don't worry. Betterment is here to help. 
Betterment's the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Their automated technology is built to help maximize returns, meaning when you invest with Betterment, your money can auto-adjust as you get closer to your goal, rebalance if your portfolio gets too far out of line, and your dividends are automatically reinvested. That can increase the potential for compound returns. In other words, your money's breaking a sweat while you can be breaking bread. You'll never picture your money in the same way again. Betterment, the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. Becoming a member at Navy Federal Credit Union, Doug, lets you experience more from everyday commutes to your next big vacation. The flagship... Huh? Oh, oh, flagship. I just, cri- it ju- I just figured it out. Like yeah. I've heard that a bunch and it just dawned on me. They're the Navy. Yes. The and they've got flag flagship. There you go. Like flagship the credit best, card earns you the best credit card. They earn you three times the point on travel. So you can get uh, rewarded for wherever you're headed next. Where are you headed next? Where am I headed next? Uh, the Northern suburbs of Chicago oh. for some bad golfing. Yes. Well, I'm going to be doing the bad golfing. Everybody else, I'm sure, is going to be fine, but you, I'm going to be uh, You will check the box of bad golfing. Uh, plus, with this premium travel credit card offers a low annual fee of $49, two times on the points on all purchases outside of travel, meaning the rewards don't have to end when the vacation does. So use your Navy Federal credit card, Doug, when you go uh, golfing and you get three times the points on your travel. That will be probably the only high point. Like it, it, when I do that, that's going to be like, come home and people are going, how do you, how'd you go? I'll be like, it doesn't matter. Cause I got three times the points. I got tons of points. Navy federal flagship rewards are open to the armed forces, the DOD veterans and their families. Navy federal is insured by the NCUA and flagship rates are variable and range between 10.74% and 18% APR based on credit worthiness. Wow. ATM fees for cash advances are up to $1. At non-Navy federal ATMs. I feel like you just, like, of the two of us, I'm the professional announcer guy, and you just stole my lines. All that stuff at the end, that's the part where the professional announcer guys in the real oh. world, they, like, they do it, like, in this low, fast voice. Sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm auditioning. Next All right. time. NavyFederal.org. Hey there, stackers. I'm Basement Invasion commentator and Paul McCartney karaoke crooner, Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug. That's ridiculous. Nobody can sing the Beatles. In just a moment, we have one of the nation's top entrepreneurs coming on to tell her story. But one story you're probably already familiar with includes four young men from Liverpool named John, Paul, George, and Ringo. And today, we're marking the anniversary of their last commercial concert, 56 years ago with this trivia. Which song, if money is measured in popularity, garnered the band more Benjamins than any other? The Beatles' most successful song as measured by radio play is She Loves You, yeah, 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 which spent a whopping 33 weeks on the Billboard charts. The rest of the top five, uh, let's see if you can get these. Number two is I Want to Hold Your Hand. Third is Can't Buy Me Love. Fourth place is the classic I Feel Fine. And in fifth, Day Tripper, We Can Work It Out. And now, here's someone who worked her way out of poverty and into the spot of CEO and extraordinary entrepreneur, Twyla True. And Twyla True joins us. How are you? 
Hi, I'm fantastic. So nice to see you. Nice to see you too. And I think we have to start here, Twyla. I think some congratulations are in order because I know you've been on, you've been everywhere, frankly, lately, but you're on two big lists that our stacker community will be interested in. Your success magazine, Women of Influence, and Entrepreneur Magazine's 100 Women of Impact. Were you surprised when all of a sudden you're appearing in all these publications? Yeah, I, I'm very surprised. And I know it's a, a used word a lot, but, you know, just humbled, thankful, uh, and maybe it gives me reflection too. Well, and it's funny that you say reflection because that's what I want to do today, if you don't mind, is kind of reflect on how you got from there to here. Because talk about somebody who is in a completely different place than they were when they were born. I mean, that is exactly you. You came so far for those honors. Can you describe what it was like being Twyla as a young child? Yes. So Twyla, being Twyla as a young child was uh, all the boxes that you could think of on, you know, poor, uh, minority, uh, you know, a girl, but I didn't know it. And I didn't know any of these, you know, sort of negative things or, uh, you know, the strikes that were going to be against you. And I think that my luck is, is not knowing those things. So at a very young age, the earliest memories I have are being raised by my grandmother and uh, being not really understanding uh, who my tribe is or who my people are or who, who's mom or who's dad. But I had a fantastic grandmother who filled those shoes. It's funny. You grew up, by the way, with grandma in one of the poorest or was it the poorest community in the United States? So um, I am Lakota and uh, my tribe is in Pine Ridge. My reservation is in Pine Ridge. I don't know who my father is. My mother was an alcoholic. And uh, typically, it's actually very typical that uh, this, this problem runs through reservations. And uh, your grandparent and typically your grandmother uh, will take care of you. So it's, a, it's actually a very common thing. What did grandma teach you? Grandma taught me that grandma was present. Grandmother taught me that uh, I was rich in culture, that uh, we were already always cup half full. Yeah, you've said in other interviews, you did not like being poor. Yet money, many people, as you know, Twyla, never escaped poverty. What did you do that really helped you break out of poverty? Because a lot of people, you know, they're in this vicious cycle. They can't break out. So I saw, I didn't know what I wanted. I just saw a lot of what I didn't want. So although uh, I saw a lot of tribe and culture and um, love of those that are maybe not your direct relative, not your direct parent or not your direct, uh, or maybe you have someone who is not a great example, all of those things told me this is not what I want. So I don't want alcoholism. Where I come from is super, super poor, and I just need to figure out how to get out of this. Uh, the government is not going to come to my aid, you know. So sitting on the couch and, you know, waiting for some sort of food stamp or it's I can see what's sort of happening and how many generations this is affected waiting for that. And I think I have to commandeer sort of my own path. Then a few other things happened. Uh, so fortunate enough to have a grandmother 
then my mother married a Hispanic man from El Monte, California, and he was a mechanic. And what he taught me was, I think for a female, for a female, having a man in your life that uh, a father that loves you and he taught me how a female should be and can be treated. This man was a mechanic, a Vietnam vet, cursed like a sailor, <laughs> except for when I walked in the room. And, uh, you know, had modest means, but opened the door for me, pulled the chair behind me when, when we walked into Sizzler. You know, again, just those fundamentals and it stuck with me, you know, so any other man in my life, uh, you had to compete against how daddy treated you. <laughs> well, and I think that's interesting because I've also seen you give interviews in other places to women and you've made it clear though, while your dad is a big figure in your life, your, your stepfather, by the same token, you don't want to rely on men. That seems to me to be a lot of grandma's influence. Like I don't want to rely on a man or anybody else. I want to be able to do this myself. Yes, yes. So, you know, grandmother taught me that the pride of a woman was not uh, her financial circumstances. It was, you didn't have to be wealthy uh, in order to, um, you know, have the, the female pride that, that I think I have and that I carry. So grandmother taught me that, you know, dad taught me how I wanted to be treated as a female. And then um, circumstances also taught me that I didn't want to be poor also or lean on a man. So how was that? You know, for me, I'm 53 years old, uh, graduated high school, Elmani High School in 1987. And at that time, a lot of females, you know, what it was, was you go, you go to Toys R Us and there was an iron and, you know, Barbie dolls. Those were the toys that were offered to you. So that was what you saw. You didn't see female presidents. You didn't see female CEOs. You didn't have a lot of whole, a whole lot of role models. So that was confusing. And then the other way to sort of get out of your circumstance was to marry well. That seemed to be the option, right? The, the, what you do is you go, you graduate high school, you get married. And if you marry well, you're going to have kids and you're going to have a pool and you're going to be a great mom. And that was, that was just the only options that seemed sort of available. And for me, I didn't see it work a lot. You know, I didn't see where I had girlfriends that had kids and they were now hitched to his wagon. Mm -hmm. Do or do good or do bad or whether he did well or didn't do well. Um, your own contribution. You didn't have a contribution to give uh, on the business and financial side. You were really hitched to, uh, however he did out in, out in the world. And, um, there also just seemed to be something missing on the personal growth of a female because what I wanted to do is I didn't know what I, what I wanted, but I didn't know, I knew what I didn't want it. And that was to hitch myself to a wagon, you know, totally be, uh, totally be, um, not have an option for myself. And, not have my own journey or my own experience and or my own stories. And, you know, sometimes I could see in my own mother where that was her hang up was all should have, would have, could have. I just didn't want any of those should have, would have, could have, even if I failed. Uh, I, I wanted to try. Boy, I saw that as I, I just got done with a 40 city tour, Twyla. And during that tour, it was disturbing the number of women it was great the number of women that were at our events, 
What was disturbing was the number of women who said the reason they were at our events was because they'd relied on somebody else, a partner, you know, man, woman, whatever. They'd relied on somebody else and that went poorly. And just Mm -hmm. this ability to do it yourself. One of the things that you said that I want to quote you in another interview, you said, I just wanted to not be poor. I didn't want to have to marry for my financial security. I want to be independent. It seemed to me, and this is the important part, and I want to get a little nerdy here on our money show. It seemed to me that if I could read a financial statement, understand what I was doing and how it affected the profitability of a company, I could build my own empire. And for the average person, if we're looking at a financial statement, what are some of those things that are important to you when you look at a financial statement? You go, you know what? These are the key things that maybe as I'm a beginner at this that I can latch onto. Yeah, you know, um, we always have this, and I want to say, especially as women, we always have this inner self in us that is our own hesitator. And what that is, is you sit in a room and either you are already sitting and you're smiling and, you know, you're looking pretty or, and I am a, I am a girly girl. I am, I am a girl and I embrace that. But it didn't mean to me and I didn't quite understand. And we have that voice inside of us that says, ah, maybe I know that answer. Or maybe I have a question on that. But again, we didn't have women around us who spoke. You know, you, whoever, typically dad was the uh, provider or the salesman, or he participated in conversations that allowed you to converse and ask questions. As females, you didn't see that. You know, you didn't, you didn't see those things. And so it just dawned on me that I always had that voice of, I want to raise my hand. I want to question, I have a question, or I think I know that answer. And then a guy would say it. And in my mind, I would think, you knew that answer. Why aren't I brave enough to say, and why can't I communicate the way, oh, because I, I need to learn how to participate in these communications. So that was number one is I think for women, uh, participating in the communication where you don't, you don't lose your femininity. You aren't seen as a hard edged female and you, you can present yourself and be a participant in the conversation. The second thing is we ourselves have to learn some tools in our toolbox so that way we, we can also now contribute to the conversation because nothing is, we weren't asked talking about, you know, how to get to Mars. When you fundamentally break it down, we can grasp this. We actually just lack confidence in ourselves to say, well, let me break it down. Let me talk to someone who can break it down or let me read so that I can break it down or let me take some night classes or listen to podcasts or let me do something so that someone can break it down for me and I can lose this fear that I don't, I can't participate in the conversation because it's a beyond me. It's not. It's incredible. I mean, even for me, Twyla, as I listen to you, I think about the number of times as I was growing up, I thought, man, this is a stupid question I've got. And then somebody else asks it. And of course, the professor, the entrepreneur, the whoever I'm talking to, they're like, that's a brilliant question. And everybody starts nodding their head. And I'm like, wow, wasn't as dumb as I thought it was. Like Everybody's <laughs> asking the same stuff. But back to the last part that I really am hoping you can help us with. If somebody's new to financial statements, though, talk about tools. What are some of the big things that you look for to see that a company's going to be successful? What are some of those pieces you really want to want to see? I think that fundamentally, whether we, if we can just think about it simply, 
Just think about the lemonade stand. Just go ahead and make yourself a synopsis of a lemonade stand and say, okay, this is what we're doing. We are making a product. We, it costs us to build that product. We have to sell that product. And then we have to put some money in our pocket and some money aside to then do it again. And whether it's one lemonade stand or 50 people or a hundred people or a thousand people, the concept is, is the same. So once we grasp that that's truly the concept and you just build it from there, the next step is learning some acronyms. Because there's two types of people I find in this world. There's those that truly want to teach and want to, um, you know, grow by teaching and, and working with others. And then there are some out there where the old saying, knowledge is power. And, you know, that knowledge sometimes keeps them up and keeps you down. At the end of the day, all those big sounding acronyms, no matter what the business, whether you're talking real estate, finance, uh, entertainment, you know, whatever you're talking about, typically in every sector, there's like five to 10 acronyms that they hold dear to them that are their big secret, you know, ROI or EBITDA or, <laughs> you know, and they make it sound like some big old scary thing. And I promise you that it's not but it sure makes them look good. And if you understand that and break it down, you're just like, wow, this isn't scary. I can't tell you, Twyla, it's so funny. I'm thinking about when I, you know, I haven't been a financial planner in a long time, but back when I became a financial planner and I was a guy that, you know, I was an English major in college. So I didn't, you know, I didn't know anything. And I'm trying to learn some of these terms like you're talking about. And they're throwing out these terms like large cap, mid cap, small cap. Like, what the hell does that mean? And all of a sudden I realized it's just large company, mid-sized yeah. company, <laughs> like this stupid word cap that we use. We want to just cap the word cap. I just want to get, yeah. get, get rid of that. I want to go back a little bit earlier in your career, because some people, when you talk about confidence, there must've been a point, Twyla, where you knew that entrepreneurship was in your future. There might be somebody out there who's doubting whether they're an entrepreneur or not. When was that point? What if you told a story one time when you're working at UPS, you know, I'm wondering if it was a job you had that wasn't uh, going well, or was there a time when you're like, listen, I just got to move into entrepreneurship. When I knew is that, so I never got into this thinking I want to uh, be financially, whatever that financial success was, because you know, I want X number of houses and X number. I really, really didn't start off that because I, I couldn't dream that big at the moment. All I wanted to do was provide for myself without having to marry for that and help my family, help my dad. And so they were just little boxes. And what I, what I discovered is every time I gained a box, my light bulb went off and thought, Oh, I did that. So what's next? What's next? What's next? So I think having a vivacious appetite and that's, that's the confidence. You know, confidence is a, is a fine line between confidence because you know it and you're still open to learning what you don't know and being a jerk. You know, mm. you, you've got to learn and you've got to have enough confidence to know when you walk in what you know, what you can contribute and what you can learn because you always can. And if you approach it that way, the world, people around you, everybody who wants to share their knowledge will do that. If you walk in as a jerk, you don't know everything. You, you never will, never can, never do. 
just come in, contribute, still keep your humility, and be open to learning. And yet it's amazing how many people on a daily basis I meet who go the jerk route. And I'm like, really? I mean, it seems like the world's worst secret not to do that. And yet people, I don't know. I, I, I just don't get it. Was there ever a time when you really felt like you might fail? Oh, so many times and did so many times. And that's another magic secret is when you're on your journey to success, it's really knowing that, okay, you know what? This is, it's just like a, being an investor or being an entrepreneur. It's knowing that failure, I can guarantee you that. I can guarantee you're, you're going to fail. And it's not, it's not the fail. And, and there's so many different ways that people have said this, but it's really do it, understand that you're going to try this, understand there's going to be things that don't work and either pull out real quick or move and maneuver in what you're doing real quick because you're not going to know it going in and it's going to look different coming out. But if you keep that open mind and if you're willing to learn, then, you know, you'll probably get there. I don't know this about you, but I have a feeling as you're talking, there's a lot of grandma in that statement too. Oh, so much grandma in that statement. And, um, you know, as a Lakota woman, that sense of confidence and pride in someone who came from the poorest place in the country. You talk about pride and confidence and not because of material things, but because of who you are and how you treat people and, you know, what you contribute to the community as a person. Uh, you can't, you can't take that away. And it is attractive to other people. Um, it's attractive to those. It's attractive to the universe who wants to make sure that you succeed. What's lighting your fire right now? Because now you have a stable of different brands. I'm imagining your day. Well, even before we get to that, Twyla, just give, give our listeners a sense of like a day being you. Cause I'm just seeing you going from meeting to meeting, meeting, like, how do you keep it all organized? Are there any tools you use, uh, mantras you tell yourself on a daily basis? So I'm still a list person and I have two types of lists that I run. And one is the long game and the end game. And one is that, that day. So every day I, I journal because it sticks in my mind. I'm not saying this for everybody, but for me, if I write down, uh, it sticks. And then second, you know, the long game so that I don't get lost in the weeds. What is it? What is that long game that I'm trying to achieve in this business or um, with a project that I'm working on? Okay, there's the long game. And then so you don't the get th- th- that prevents you. I'm just assuming that prevents you from getting lost in minutia of the day. Just the lost. crap that happens every day. Lost in minutia because you wake up every day and we got to be thankful how many hours we were given this day. And uh, I have a punch list on the left and a little long game on the right. So that way, you know, left and right, as I'm steering this journey in life, uh, you know, my direction never loses its course. Two questions I have. One, I want to ask for, and I love it when entrepreneurs share this. What's the worst money mistake you think you ever made? One that people will hear Twyla and go, if somebody smart as her made a mistake that dumb, it's okay and I'm going to survive. The worst money mistakes I ever made is creating businesses and thinking I could just put someone in place and not learn the business myself. Mm -hmm. Mistake. Because you don't know what you don't know. And if you don't know it, 
how can you lead and guide it and how can you know when it's good or bad? And so sometimes I can get lazy because today I can, I can afford to put people in place and, you know, just think that it'll be okay. It's not. And then if there's a single move, I mean, obviously your success is amazing and the accolades that you've had recently. If there's one thing that's really a key that we can all learn from of everything we talked about, what do you think, or even didn't talk about Twyla, what's the big thing you think that's the biggest key to your success? I think there's two things because there's two different topics. I think that one is I channeled my uh, mistakes or failures and I channeled that into, um, okay, retooling, coming back, retooling and getting up and going again. And so my example for that would be, I would have honestly been just fine. So by 27, I was running Synthane Taylor and Laverne, 300 people. Before that, I was in accounting. Had there not been someone across a boardroom call uh, that said, you know, she can't do this. When that person said I couldn't do it, I could either go cry um, I could throw my fists, you know, and, and be the angry woman, or I could make a mental chess move and say, okay, I am not going to be in this position again. I need to go back and I need to learn. I need to learn and then come back, not by crying, not by being angry, not by, by my knowledge and my experience. So I would say that that was one. The second is uh, a note to females. So we do have to catch up. And that's okay, you know, just know it because when we have to catch up, we're the, we're very gifted that we, uh, bear children. When you bear children, don't feel like you're choosing one or the other or my business or my children or, you know, you can't, you, you have to time out. You have to bear this child. And whether it's going to take you one year, three year, you know, it's, it's okay. Enjoy that journey. And be okay that you had to tap out. And when you come back, it doesn't matter how old you are. We got a long life to live. You'll tap back in and you've got to gain some ground. Yeah, but you can do it. It's okay. I think that's even great for dads out there. As a dad of twins, I felt like as I was building my business, Twyla, that that I felt like I was choosing one or the other and you don't have to. I, I agree. Now that my kids are 27, they're doing fine. You can do that. Enjoy the moment. Cause I feel like there's too many times when I missed out because I wasn't in the moment. Cause I was so freaked out. I, I love that. Well, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us today. I super appreciate it. And by the way, we're going to send people to a couple links. Uh, uh, number one is to true family enterprises, which shows all your different businesses. And then people can follow you on Instagram. Yes, yes, please do. I love to share stories. I love to share uh, any advice I can give. Yeah, I wish it was inspirational, Twyla. If it was only inspirational, that would. (laughs) Thank you so much for sharing some inspiration with us today. And congratulations on all the success. Thank you so very much. Uh, Enjoy the show and you know, love you guys. I'm Jen from the Frugal Friends Podcast, and when I'm not cutting the end of the toothpaste tube off to get that last little bit of toothpaste, I'm stacking Benjamins. Big thanks to Twyla True. What a story, OG, about making it happen when there's so much adversity thrown in your way. This idea, though, 
that understanding that if you can read a company balance sheet, that's the key to getting wealthy. Like I thought that was amazing. You're this poor child in North Dakota. Nobody's going everywhere. And you learn, you're like, if I can learn to read a company balance sheet, I can get myself out of poverty. Bam. And then just a whole different language. Yeah. Figured out how companies operate. And it's not that complicated. It's just a, like you said, it's a different language. I was talking about that with my, my kids, you know, they take foreign language in school and you know, what's the use of that? And I'm never going to need this. And I said, well, you might not, but it's the thinking that matters, you know? And so it's the The ability to kind of, it's it's the ability to kind of use your brain in that way. And um, I bet there's a lot of that that goes on, you know, in the financial space when you get, when you say, I don't, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not a numbers person. I don't know how to do this. It's like, well, but if you learn how to, that translates to so many other things that can affect your life. So I like it. It's a good story. I remember when Sharon Lecter was on the show, the co-author of Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Mm -hmm. Sharon, a CPA, told us on the show many years ago now that to your point, OG, learning the language of numbers, it's like riding a bike. And once you know it, it will tell you a story of a company. If you're an individual stock investor, it will tell you so much about companies that are worth investing in and companies that you should stay away from. It'll mm-hmm. give you these clues that the average person doesn't see. And even if you're an index fund investor, like knowing we were talking about standard deviation earlier with target date funds or fees, like once you know what these numbers mean, and there's not a lot of numbers and you just keep using them over and over and over, not that, not that hard. It's, it's a, a language huge, worth learning. That's for yeah, sure. A huge key. And to Twyla's point, doesn't matter who you are. Anybody can learn this language. It's open to all of us. Yep. Good stuff. Good, great equalizer. Hey, let's uh, throw out the Haven Lifeline and tackle some of life's most important topics. Our friends at Haven Life Insurance Agency, they put what you value first, OG. I think this is the year we're going to go to the Texas State Fair. So oh. it's about to kick off. Never been. Lived here nine years. I want to go. we got to go. I want to go. You can come. Call Cheryl and I. Let's do it. Because we will go with you. We actually went to the fairgrounds with you. Last time you and I went out socially together, we were at the fairgrounds at Wicked. Huh. Interesting. That was a a while ago. (laughs) I have no recollection of that, Senator. (laughs) Of going to Wicked with me? No. You seriously don't remember going to Wicked with me? No. But I believe you. Boy, I'm glad we're good friends. I'm so glad we're good friends. And then we went out and had Mexican food afterwards. And then we found out that your son had COVID while we were there. Huh. We found out like the next day. Which kid? Will. Huh. All right. Oh, it must have been last year then. We found out that you tried to give us COVID. Yes. It was very nice. It was last year. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah, because he had it right at the beginning of school last year. You still don't remember. Hey, I saw Wicked last year. That's cool. We are such good friends, people. <laughs> it's not that. It's just we we have so much in common that I barely can keep track of all of the cool stuff we do together. There it is. Reel it so in. So awesome just, all the time. You can hear the fishing line. Yep. It is. Uh, it says here on my script, hanging out with good friends like Joe, where you don't even remember going out with them. It says that right here. That's what they, yeah. that's what they put first. Exactly. Yes. And that's why they've made buying quality term life insurance actually simple. Head to stackybenjamins.com slash Haven Life now, and you will get a free quote. Love what they're doing at Haven Life because 
you will buy insurance the modern way. What does that mean? That huge application, theirs is now simple. It's not in, not this written form you got to send back in. It's all online and you get an instant coverage decision. You don't have to wait forever to find out. All policies issued, by the way, by their parent company, Mass Mutual, which is 160 years old. Today, we're going to throw out the lifeline to our friend, Nick. Say hi, Nick. Hey, my name's Nick. Been a long-time listener. Love you guys' show. Uh, my question is kind of an odd one. It's about wash sales. So I understand what makes a wash sale, how to avoid causing it and all that stuff as far as the nearly identical and the time frames. But if a wash sale were to occur, is it the entire amount of what you are selling that could be washed or is it prorated to only the amount that is involved in the wash sale? For example, if you have sold 100 shares of something and you later buy one share during that wash sale period, are the entire losses of the 100 shares lost or is only one share lost? Thanks. And I'm size large. <laughs> Nick referring to the fact that if you call us, we uh, give you a Stacky Benjamins t-shirt. Way to brag about your size. Congratulations on being a large. We mm-hmm. will send you a code, Nick. You can pick out whatever size you want, but uh, nice that you are a large. Hey, uh, OG, great question. This wash sale rule, let's explain what that means first to people, and then we can directly answer his question. Yeah. So if you buy a stock at $100 a share and it goes down to $90 a share and you sell it, you get to have a loss. You get to reuse that loss against your tax return uh, that year and beyond if it's over a certain amount. So you get to write off any losses that you have for your investing or use them to offset any gains. If you turn around and buy that stock back again, so if you say, well, I I had it at 90 or at 100, I sold it at 90, therefore I got a loss, and I turn around and buy back at 90, then the IRS goes, it doesn't count. Do over. You were just trying to game the system. So they put a rule in there. You can't buy the same thing within 30 days. So on the 31st day, you can go back and buy it. So maybe you do that, and and that on the 31st day, it's... uh, you know, still at 90, that's perfectly fine to do. So the wash sale prevents you from kind of day trading your account in terms of losses and using those against your taxes to wipe out your gains. What he's asking about is, you know, so you have 100 shares at $100 and now you have 100 shares at 90 and you sell them all. So you've got your your loss of $10 a share. So you buy back one share, does that wipe out everything? This is a CPA question. So definitely check with your CPA. But when you go to report that on your tax return, you're going to have 99 shares that aren't going to be tied to anything else, and one share that is. So it would wipe out the the wash sale would would not apply to that one share that you repurchased. At least that's how I understand that it'll work. But check with your CPA. I'm not a CPA, nor is Joe. No, but that's my understanding as well. That it's you're only washing with the part that you tried to round trip. Right, the part that you sold and bought. Yeah, back. oh yeah, that's a good way yeah. to put it. Yep. Uh, the rest yep. of it, you're not washing with. You actually are just selling it off, which is fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I love the CPA advice. Hey, uh, that's going to do it for today. Big thanks to everybody for hanging out. We've got a few community announcements. You know, we we always have a lot of stuff, a lot of ways to increase your knowledge here in Mom's Basement. The first one is we have a Facebook group called The Basement, appropriately, and it is not only some really nice people sharing money tips and answering and asking each other questions. Gertrude, mom's friend, 
who is the room mother over there, also leads some fantastic discussions around ideas that we have uh, found on the show. So if you want to dive into those, plus a healthy dose of dad jokes, uh, stackybenjamins.com slash basement will get you right there. Just put in Stacking Benjamins Basement in the Facebook search engine. Uh, second, we're also on Instagram every Wednesday. Not every Wednesday, but most Wednesdays, I do an Instagram live. A lot of the time that's with a fintech creator, some of those cool people that are on your phone where we take a look at those so you can hang out with us also on Instagram. I also went around the country to 40 different cities and asked people about their money story. And uh, you can see all of those videos if you want to see more case studies like we heard today from Twyla True over at our Instagram page. We have the 201 newsletter, stackybenjamins.com slash 201. Uh, If you want more on the topics that we talk about in any show, we dive into those. And I'll put that newsletter against any any newsletter, any newsletter that's out there about personal finance. Just uh, Brooke Miller on our team does a fantastic job. But more than any of those things, you know, as inflation fears ramp up, you might be here because you're feeling anxious. You want to make some moves when it comes to your finances. However, what I'd like you to do instead is check out this free guide that OG and his team put together that will help you plan more and panic less no matter what the market does. It's some great insights on what you should be doing and smart questions to ask yourself so that you make financial decisions your future self will thank you for. So head over to stackybenjamins.com slash guide to get that free guide from OG. That's stackybenjamins.com slash guide. Thanks for putting that together for everybody, OG, because it's been... Uh, it has been a bumpy roller coaster ride this year. A little bit. Not in a, uh, a not in a good way. Yeah. Stackybenjamins.com slash guide. All right. That's going to do it for today. Except for this, we like to end every show by reminding you that, man, we went over a lot of stuff today and there's some great lessons. And Doug always fills that in for us. Doug, what should we have learned today? So what should we have learned today? First, take some advice from Twyla True. No matter what your challenge is, chances are there's someone who succeeded despite worse ones. Second, target date funds, sure, they're easy. But what's the cost? Check your fees and consider building your own. The time you spend may be well worth the effort. But the big lesson? Here's an innovation. Joe's mom just showed me an app that showed me when Krispy Kreme is making fresh donuts. I both 100% recommend and do not recommend. What do you mean that has nothing to do with today's show? It is important information. How come we don't go for a Krispy Kreme sponsorship? I could be the key to your riches. We could even diversify and talk Dunkin' Donuts and Krispy Kreme and, you know, like, Taste tests every week and probably weight loss recommendations. Anyway, thanks to Twyla True for joining us today. Find out more about her work at TrueFamilyEnterprises.com. You can say hello to her on Instagram by searching for her name, Twyla True. This show is the property of SB Podcasts, LLC, copyright 2022, and is created by Joe Salcihai. The show is written by the brilliant Paulette Perhatch with help from Joe, me, and Doc G from the Earn and Invest podcast. Brooke Miller is our producer today and our amazing newsletter editor of The 201. You'll find the 411 on all things money at The 201. Just go to stackingbenjamins.com slash 201. 
Once we bottle up all this goodness, we ship it to our engineer, the amazing Steve Stewart. Steve helps the rest of our team sound nearly as good as I do right now. Want to chat with friends about the show later? Mom's friend Gertrude is our social media coordinator and the room mother in our Facebook group called The Basement. So, say hello when you see us posting online. Here's a weird fact. Both she and Tina Eichenberg are never in the same room at the same time. To join all the basement fun with other stackers, type stackingbenjamins.com slash basement. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and we'll see you next time back here at the Stacking Benjamin Show. Not only should you not take advice from these dorks, don't take advice from people you don't know. This show is for entertainment purposes only. Before making any financial decisions, speak with a real financial advisor. I don't know what you've got playing this Labor Day weekend, OG, but I've got a pretty fun weekend. I'm actually, and it's funny that that the show inadvertently often has themes that we don't even think about. I am headed this weekend to the last state in the union, lower 48, and the 49th state of all. I still haven't been to Hawaii. Uh, Going to the last one that I have not been to yet. Going to North Dakota. Going to North Dakota. Say so they weren't the 49th state, but okay. No, 49th for me. I mean, for you, okay. Out of, out of 50. Have you been to North Dakota? Probably. <laughs> better than average chance. You don't even know if you went to Wicked with me last year. That's what I said, probably. <laughs> How do I know if. Now, my dad was a truck driver, so we went all over the place when I was a kid. So I don't have any distinct memories of any particular time Stuff in North Dakota. Stuff in North Dakota. But I recall, not that they're exactly related, but I have this one memory of sitting in my dad's lap. So my dad drives, used to drive a semi-truck, and we could sit on his lap. And I remember sitting on his lap, cresting this hill in Montana, and just seeing like all the jagged, oh, snow-covered peaks yeah. like on the horizon. And then, you know, getting to drive the truck down the hill, you know, and back up the hill, like that was me. I'm pretty sure he was kind of in charge still, but to me, it felt like I was, I was just driving. thinking that's pretty safe to do with your kid going over Mariah's Back in the day pass. when there weren't seatbelts or car seats. Right. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know where we were, how we got there, but there's some chance we got there through South Dakota, North Dakota, somewhere in there. So that's why I said probably. We're headed to Theodore Roosevelt National Park. But we have a friend in Bismarck, you and I, a mutual friend, Benjamin Brandt, who's been on the show, a great mm-hmm. CFP, sure. uh, yeah. has a good podcast of his own. Benjamin, very funny guy. I texted him and I said, dude, I can't believe I'm actually saying this, 
but I'm coming to North Dakota. And you know what he writes me back? I got a buddy of mine that moved to North Dakota too. He he writes me back. What happened? Did you lose a bet? I said, "Well, no, we're headed to uh we're headed to Theodore Roosevelt National Park, but I'd love to catch dinner." And he said, "Yeah, absolutely. So, we're going to meet Benjamin's family, uh Cheryl and Autumn and I, and then we're going to go to Theodore Roosevelt. And my my son during COVID drove his car from Michigan where we were living at the time back to Seattle. And he decided to go that way so he could go to that park. And he said it's phenomenal. Uh, he actually had to stop his car because there were wild horses in the road. Hmm. Sounds awesome. Okay. Enjoy that trip to North Dakota. It's going to be great. What do you got going on Labor Day weekend? It's a weekend in the fall. Busy, busy, busy. It's a fall busy weekend for you. Those boys of fall, as they All say. All work, no play. Speaking of boys of fall, did you see the Detroit Lions are on uh, Hard Knocks? No. No. It's super good. No. I'm not a Lions fan, no. so. I like I like Hard Knocks. This is the show on HBO Max where they look behind the scenes. You know, HBO Sports looks behind the scenes at the different organizations. I remember late last year, Doug saying, you know, the Lions need to fire Dan Campbell. They got to fire this guy. And by the way, the whole city kind of echoing this guy. They should just, they should get rid of him. But what was amazing to me. Oh, Maybe they geez. should keep a coach for a while. So they're really good at firing coaches after every two <laughs> right. years. Maybe they should like keep one for 15 and see, just see what happens if the same guy teaching the same stuff to the same players over and over again, maybe sticks. Well, here's what impressed me. It's not always about the outcome. Even though the Lions only won three games last year, when they were long out of the playoffs, they were still losing games in the last 30 seconds of the game. Like that last stretch of the season that meant nothing to them. They were still hanging in there trying to win. You'd watch the team and the players still look motivated. And I remember telling Doug last year that uh, he's certainly, Dan Campbell, the coach, has certainly lost the city. But it's amazing to me that he hasn't lost the players. Because the players are usually the reason why you get fired, right? Players stop playing for you. They're like, oh, forget it. This guy's dead in the water. He's gone. But that didn't happen last year. And then I watched Hard Knocks and I saw why. This guy's coaching staff is amazing. You know who his quarterback coach is? Mark Brunel. Hmm. His wide receiver coach, Antoine Randall L. And the list just goes on. Like all of these phenomenal players with tons of experience are coaching right. this team. League experience. Yeah. yeah. And you can see, you can see why he hadn't lost the team. Like I watched, there's only two episodes following the Detroit Lions. And I was inspired. I'm like, this team might not have much talent, but they certainly, man. They try hard, darn it. They try hard, which is what's important in pro sports. I don't know if you know that. Trying hard. Getting your participation medal, like the Lions have every year since participation the trophy. 1940s or 50s. Yeah. Well, Stackers, the show is over, but the party is just beginning here. You know why? Because it's Military Appreciation Month, and we are giving out shout-outs to all of our friends who have served in the military. And let's point uh, the finger right here at our good friend, OG, who spent time in the military. And of course, we know what a giver he is, even when he pretends like he's being uh, Mr. Surly. Navy Federal offers member-only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members to help them reach their goals. Visit NavyFederal.org slash celebrate, and you'll see all their Military Appreciation Month offers, 
and other Navy Federal offers. They've got all kinds of resources on their site, like Best Cities After Service to help veterans transition to civilian life and Best Careers for Military Spouses to support military families. So much going on. Just head over to NavyFederal.org slash celebrate and take a look at all the Military Appreciation Month offers and their usual offers. Navy Federal, our members are the mission. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender.